Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Hello. How about that host? Cute. Also an idiot. <laughs> he is very dumb. Hello. Uh, welcome back from spring break. It is very good to see all of your smiling faces. Uh, can we just get an amen for really nice weather, right? Come on. Come on. Finally, the white witch has left Narnia. You know what I'm saying? You guys understand that? If not, glad you're here. Guys, I am super excited to be hanging out with you this morning. Nope, it is the evening. Prank. It is the evening. You guys should have seen your faces. You thought I was serious. Gotcha. Okay. I am going to say a word, and this is a word that we don't really use in our day-to-day language anymore. And this word is proclamation. Can you say that with me? Proclamation. Yes, it is a word we don't really use a ton. Hello. It is a word we don't really, yeah, we don't really use a ton anymore. Kind of like the word hootenanny or britches. We don't really say those words anymore. Or we don't really say the royals are good. These are just things we don't really say anymore. Ooh, 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 touchy, touchy. Anywho, anywho. So proclamation, it is this word that the dictionary, Merriam-Webster online, defines to declare public, or proclaiming is to declare publicly Typically, insistently, proudly, or defiantly, and in either speech or writing. So while this is a word we don't really use a ton anymore, this is something we do a lot, right? So we might proclaim, you and I, that we are a fan of a certain sports team by wearing their colors, going to their games, knowing about their team, etc. We might uh, proclaim that we think a rule is unfair or fair by disobeying it or obeying it. We, uh, an engaged couple... Well, not really, you know, not you guys, but they will proclaim that they are going to love each other forever on their wedding day in front of all these people. That is a proclamation. You might proclaim that you don't have good taste when you listen to country music. These are proclamations that you and I make daily. Making some enemies tonight? Making some enemies, okay. But we love this in movies and stories, right? Like think of, think of the most popular movies, like all the superhero movies over the last few years. Those are all movies in which the hero is proclaiming something. They might be proclaiming that they are not going to give up and they're going to keep fighting for their cause. So I think of Lord of the Rings because I love Lord of the Rings. And King Faded and this army, as they charge on their horses toward an army that is much bigger than theirs, and they're screaming out death, and you're like, what is happening? But they're saying we would, we are proclaiming that we would sooner die in this battle than we would just let these forces of evil win. That is what they're proclaiming. Or in Captain America, the, the first like original just Captain America movie, he gets like beaten up all the time because he's really small before he's like a super soldier and just like unfairly strong. He gets beaten up all the time, right? But he is proclaiming, I am not going to stop. I'm going to continue to fight to be a soldier. And what's the line he says? He says, I can do this all day. That's what he says. He keeps getting beat up. Or maybe you saw the new Grinch movie. The Grinch proclaims his new love for Christmas by returning all of the things that he stole. That one is a little less so. But still, there's some proclamation in there. Now, why 
do I say this? Why are we talking about the word proclamation? Because, as you just saw in that video, and as you heard Emily uh, introduce, tonight we are talking about, and what you talked about in your small groups, tonight we're talking about baptism. And baptism itself is a proclamation. It is a proclamation to Jesus that you are going to give him your life, that you are allegiant to Jesus, that you are going to be obedient to Jesus. It is a proclamation to yourself, to others, and to God that the life that you are now going to live is a life that is lived for Jesus alone. Some of you have made this decision. You talked about that in your groups. And whether you realized it or not, when you went in the water and came out of the water, you were proclaiming that Jesus is now the Savior and the Lord of your life. Baptism is a proclamation. And there's really three proclamations that I want to look at very briefly tonight that happen in baptism. And the first one is that Jesus is with us. Jesus is with us. Us. And we see this in the story of Jesus' baptism, which is found in a lot of the Gospels, I think three of the four. And in Matthew chapter 3, Matthew is writing and he's telling these Jews that he's writing to, he's telling them about Jesus' baptism. So he's talking about this guy named John the Baptist, who's somebody that you guys have probably heard of if you've ever spent time in church. And so John the Baptist is in the Jordan River and he is talking, or he is baptizing people in the Jordan River. Then all of a sudden, one day, Jesus just bursts on his, onto the scene and shows up and he says, John, I need you to baptize me. And because he's Jesus, John's like, are you sure? Because you should definitely be baptizing me, you're Jesus. And then Jesus is like, no, it's time, you need to do this. And because Jesus is Jesus, John listens and Jesus is baptized. And it's when Jesus is baptized that Matthew tells us that as he's coming out of the water, this is insane, that he's coming out of the water, and as he is, uh, the heavens open, and the Spirit of God descends on Jesus like a dove, and then a voice from heaven, this large, deep voice, says, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. They hear that from heaven. And when I read that, I just go, what just happened? That is insane. I think when we read our Bible sometimes, we can like easily skip past parts that are kind of like, we just don't really realize the magnitude of what's happening. But what just happened here was that these people saw heaven open and Jesus get baptized. Jesus is here. He just burst onto the scene. And what John had been saying all along, hey, there's somebody coming, the Messiah's coming, the Messiah's coming, he is going to come, this guy that is greater than me, I'm baptizing you with water, but Jesus is going to come and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and baptize you with fire. And then John says this thing about like, uh, that, that this guy's going to come, that whose sandals John's not worthy to untie. And you're like, John, what are you saying? And John then, when he sees Jesus at the Jordan River, he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was here. John knew it, and the father proclaimed, this is my son whom I love. The world now knew Jesus was here. Now, it's important for us to know Jesus didn't need to be baptized for the forgiveness of his sins. Jesus did not sin, but Jesus was baptized to be obedient to God, and he was baptized to really help us to see what baptism meant. Because even in his baptism, Jesus was showing us at the very beginning of his ministry that he was going to die. 
the very beginning of his ministry, Jesus was like, hey guys, I'm going to die. And people didn't see it back then, but that was the case. Because as Jesus was in this river surrounded by these fellow sinners as he was getting baptized, he went under the water as this representation of his own death. But thankfully, he did not stay there. Because thankfully, in the same way as he was crucified on a cross between two sinners. So he's in a river full of sinners and a cross between two of them. He goes into a tomb, he goes into the water, and both times is raised to life through the power of God. So, this is good news for us for a few reasons. First, it's good news because it means that Jesus is with us and we are not alone. And it's because Jesus is with us That the affirmation, the thing that the voice from heaven said about Jesus, can be said about you and me. It means that in baptism, when we are saying, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. I am, I'm following you with my life. That when that happens, God looks at us and he says, you are my child whom I love. That you are the father of a God who loves you. And that is really, really good news. Jesus is with you, and you have a Father that loves you. And the interesting thing here is that right after Jesus' baptism, he, goes, he is led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil himself for 40 days. And I think something that we can learn from that is that baptism is not this magical process to an easier life. And that might be kind of a hard reality for some of us. A hard reality that says, just because you're baptized, that doesn't mean your life is all of a sudden just going to be sunshine and roses and, and super easy. Or just because even if you get rebaptized, because you think doing it again is going to suddenly change your heart or, or suddenly like bad things aren't going to happen to you anymore, that's just not what Jesus promises. What he does promise is that it's worth it. That a life of following Jesus is a life worth living. And he asks simply for our obedience in baptism and in our life. Baptism is the beginning of a life of obedience, not the end. When you get baptized, you are just entering into a life of following Jesus. And sometimes that's hard. You're not ending that life. So that is proclamation number one. Proclamation two is that we are with Jesus. So this means that Jesus' death is our death, and Jesus' resurrection is our resurrection. And that can be kind of weird, because we didn't die and get raised to life like Jesus actually did. But in the book of Romans, Paul talks about that we were buried with Jesus in his death in order that we could be raised with him in new life. What does this mean? This means that baptism is Death. The first part of baptism is you are dying. When I was baptized in June of 2011, the old Tyler Bade died. And that's good. He stunk. Not like physically. Well, I was in high school, so I did stink. But this means that when we go down into the water, we are dying to our old self. Our old life is gone. And we come up, we say, and we, as we raise out of the water, what we're saying is, God, all of this, 
All of my history and my past and my sin and my mistakes, all of it, God, is yours alone, Father. Do with my life what you will. So what does this look like, dying to yourself? It means that Jesus is both your Savior and your Lord. And we use this language a lot, but I think we kind of get stuck. And don't hear, don't hear me saying that this is bad, but we get stuck on Jesus as our Savior. And we celebrate that Jesus saved us from ourselves. We celebrate that Jesus saved us from our sin. And that is a really good thing to celebrate. In fact, if that's all you did for the rest of your life is celebrate that Jesus saved you until your lungs gave out, until you just died, that would be a life well lived. But what's also important to recognize and remember is that not only is Jesus your Savior, He is your Lord. And Jesus as your Lord means that your life is His. You were bought at a price, the death of Jesus. Jesus as your Lord means that your life is his because whether you realize it or not, there is a throne in your life. And Jesus as your Lord, accepting Jesus as Savior and Lord through baptism means that you are not on that throne. Jesus is. But if you try and get on, he might kick you off and sometimes that hurts Dying to ourself, we are with Jesus. So as you can see here, I have this vase of water, as you can see, and there's a lot of little bubbles in it. And so I want you to imagine with me that this vase with water in it is the waters of baptism. And so if one of us was like really small or something, you could get baptized in there, but that's like impossible. And that's kind of a weird thing to say, so sorry I said that. Anywho... Um, uh, so imagine with me that these are the waters of baptism. And so these rocks that I'm going to just try and get as many in my hand as possible, these are the things that we try and hold on to in life. These might be good things, but sometimes they can be not good things when they get in the way of God. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes they're bad things. So this These might be our past sins and past mistakes or shame or guilt or anxiety over things that we've done or pain or sadness. Just these things in our life that we feel like we need to hold on to so tightly, even if they're good. God, God, it seems like this is an okay thing and I want to hold on to it. But God is just saying, nope, it's mine. But when we bring these things to Jesus, when we bring these things to the waters of baptism, what you'll see is that when we bring them into the waters of baptism, they don't float. They stay in the water. That's pretty obvious science, right? Rocks sink. Sin does not float. When you go into the waters of baptism and you die to yourself, your sin stays in the water. Your past mistakes, your past sin, your past Shame, it stays in the water. It stays dead. It stays in the tomb that Jesus walked out of as you raised to new life with Jesus. And that is really good news. Sin does not float. It stays in the water, dead. And so proclamation number three is that we are with each other. In the book of Galatians, Paul writes that in Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. 
There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. In other words, the things that we use to divide ourselves, the things that the world tries to bring up, the walls that the world tries to build to separate us are broken down in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, there are not cliques, there are not exclusive friend groups, you are one in Jesus. And some of you need to do some apologizing for that because you have not loved your brothers and sisters in Christ in the way that you should have loved them because in the waters of baptism we are clothed with Christ and we are one. Jesus tears down the walls that we build up. And finally, in the book of Ephesians, Paul writes this, that there is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one hope, Jesus One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. In baptism, we are with each other. In baptism, there are three proclamations that Jesus is with us, that we are with Jesus, and that we are with each other. But I don't want you to hear that just from me. So I'm going to invite out three of my friends as they bring out some stools. And I'm going to ask them a few questions about their own baptism experience. So if Farron and Skylar and Evan could come on out. Uh, they're making their way, bringing out their stools. Awesome. Guys, give them, a, give them a, a warm round of applause. Here, you want to come right over here? Or there. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. You, you don't need to sit around the table. Where you were was great. Perfect. Right where you are is fantastic. All right. Okay, so the first question that I have for you all is, what is your name and what is your, or how old are you? And then if you've been baptized, when were you baptized? My name is Skylar. I'm 14 years old, and I was baptized when I was eight. Nice. My name is Farron. I'm 14 years old, and I was baptized two years ago on June 11th. My name is Evan. And I'm 12 years old, and I haven't been baptized yet. I haven't been baptized yet, but Evan and I have had some pretty awesome conversations. It's happening soon. Isn't that right? Pretty awesome. So the next question that I have for you guys is just very briefly, what is baptism to you guys? To me, baptism is when you decide to commit your whole life to God and follow him forever. Um, To me, baptism is committing to God, taking your next step with him, and proving to the world that you want to be with him forever and just praise his name. I feel like baptism is when you want to give your life to him and when you want the Holy Spirit to guide you in what you should do uh, in decisions and that they will guide you down the right path. So then, guys, this question is for all of you. What happened in your life that led to you wanting to get baptized? Well, I've, grown, I've always grown up in a Christian home, and I knew that at some point I wanted to get baptized. But one day I was just like, hey, Mom, I want to get baptized, and it happens. <laughs> I've always been close with Jesus, and there's sometimes where I was and sometimes where I wasn't as close. But I went to Mix two years ago, and I just felt like I was at my peak with God, and that I was, like, super close to Him, and He was telling me, like, that was my time, like, I should get baptized. So I got signs from God. I've always been raised in a Christian family at home. And so when I was little, I always tell my mom I would get baptized. 
and we didn't really talk about it that much. And so when I got older, uh, she said I was ready, and I decided to get baptized, or will. Nice. All right. And then question just for Skylar and Farron. Um, how have you seen your life, how has your life been different since you were baptized? Since I was baptized, I have been spending more time with God, praying to Him, reading the Bible, and I've just seen my life gradually change for the better. I'm more happy, and I just view my whole life differently. Um, since I've been baptized, it's changed my life by the way I see others. Like, maybe before I was baptized, I would just be quick to judge, and now I'm like, oh, well, how would Jesus see them? So I try to see them the way Jesus would. And I've just been reading my Bible more and spending time in the Word. And just, I've been really close with Jesus ever since. Just kidding. Sorry. I told myself that. Sorry. Okay, the last question is just this. Guys, what is, um, what is something that you would say to um, people in here that are thinking about baptism, are curious about baptism? What is something that you would say um, to encourage them either to get baptized or to continue to think about baptism? What would that be? I would say you won't regret it. I would say that you definitely should because it's the best decision I ever made. (laughs) Good answer. I would say do it because you might be just sad and that you need somebody in your life to be there because maybe you don't have somebody in your life that's there for you when they're supposed to be there. And I feel like getting baptized, that hole in your heart will be filled with God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus. Guys, can we get a good, big round of applause for these guys for coming out and answering? Guys, thanks so much. Here, I'll have you. Thanks, guys. Well, guys, there it is. There it is. Baptism is a proclamation. Baptism is life change. You heard it from there. We read it in scripture. You heard it from these students. And so now what we're going to do is we're going to go into a time of worship. But this time is going to look a little different. Hold on, hold on. This time is going to look a little different. Because some of you, chances are good, that the Holy Spirit has been working in you, uh, maybe even before tonight, to think about baptism, to ask questions about baptism, to get baptized. And so right now what we're going to do is as we worship through these next two songs, we are going to, just in a minute, leaders, you don't have to get up yet, we're going to have our leaders go around and spread out around the room. And what we want this to do, what we want this to be, is an opportunity for you to have a conversation with them. Because chances are good that it's just time. It's just time. You've you've been coming to church and you've been getting to know Jesus more, but just haven't taken that next step of commitment for whatever reason. Maybe you're scared. Maybe you think you're too cool. It's time. It is time to take Jesus seriously and commit your life to him through the waters of baptism. So over these next two songs, the leaders are going to spread out 
and you can go to them and, and ask them questions or have them pray with you. That's what this time can be. And if you've already been baptized and you're kind of like, oh, cool, I already knew this, Tyler, then, then it's, now it's your turn to tell other people. It's your turn to bring other people alongside you and lead them to the waters of baptism. That's what we are called to do as Christians, to go into the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So maybe you've already been baptized and your life is for Jesus. You are living for Jesus, but now it is time to help others do the same. And there's some cards that if you want to to have a conversation with Emily or I or your leader about baptism, you can fill those cards out in the back. If you want to get baptized, you can fill out that card. But please, don't leave tonight. Don't leave this service. Don't go to school tomorrow wishing you had said something. Because I know that some of you, it just is time. It's time to get baptized. And for others, it's time to have that conversation, to, to, look what, to talk about what it might look like to get baptized. Jesus is calling you into the waters of baptism to give your life to him fully. To live your life for a cause that is greater than yourself. So over these next two songs, let's, let's lift our hands, let's lift our voices and praise our God And don't ignore the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in you to go and have that conversation. Don't let this moment pass. Don't let this moment pass. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.